Hello, and welcome to another 14 words. Well, I'm going for a wee now, so... Uh, everyone right, great. Ian, go for it. We welcome. won't do any of the funny stuff. we got to get straight into the content. we got to get through this fast. So no more beating around the bush, no more procrastination. Hobbit, shut up. Yeah, so don't fuck about. So Yeah. Unlike yeah, Fred sorry. Fred. He's Sorry for the delay tonight, but uh, it's going to be worth waiting. So we're going to we're going to cover the West murders. So uh, we're all looking forward to that. So Hemi's having a wee, so let's just kick off. I'm sure he'll be with us shortly. So you know, some time ago, we did we did a fourteen words about Fred and Rose West, and that night we covered quite a bit about their backgrounds looked at the factors uh, about like what fucked them up and why they turned in to a killer couple however we ran a bit short on time that evening and uh, we didn't look at the murders themselves in too much detail so tonight we're gonna gonna follow that up and we're gonna look at the murders that fred admitted to and that he and Rose were convicted of. Uh, there were 12 murders altogether, and we're going to cover how they happened and what took place. So, fasten yourselves into your seatbelts. We're going to, let's go for it. So if, you haven't, if you've not heard it already, I suggest you listen to 14 Words, 45, Fred and Rose West, from the 6th of September, 2020. Uh, which is the first part of what we're going to cover tonight. That show is still available, and we got some good feedback that night from a viewer called William Coyle, who said the following about the program. So this is um, the sort of feedback we got that night. <clears throat> he said this. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is the worst podcast I have ever heard. All over the place. Joking and laughing in most parts at the tragic case and something which was totally disrespectful to the living members of the West family concerned. After a few short clicks running through the contents, I was disgusted with some of the language and switched off after the boring and offensive contents. Suggest you lay off the booze while trying to present any future podcasts. So, that's what he said. So, um, after reading that, I took a good look at myself and felt thoroughly ashamed of what I'd done. Thereafter, I promised to change my ways. I cut down on my drinking, stopped using the language of the gutter, and thought twice before making light of tragic situations. It's not funny to laugh at those less fortunate than ourselves, and the mentally handicapped shouldn't be a source of amusement, though they are. <laughs> it's, not, it's not big and it's not clever, all right? Okay. Anyway, firstly, though, what we'll do firstly, let's just recap uh, on that previous episode, which we did in 2020. Story so far. Fred and Rose both had dysfunctional upbringings. Fred had a perverted upbringing of bestiality and incest. The highlight of his early years has to be when he was 19 years old and he got his 13-year-old sister pregnant. In 1962, Fred married a Scottish woman called Rena. She eventually found, eventually found himself working as an ice cream van driver in Glasgow. Though there's no hard evidence of Fred murdering anyone in Glasgow, he did have an allotment uh, when he lived there. 
It was noticed by other plot holders that Fred only cultivated a small section of his allotment. The rest of the plot had been raked over, as if he were going to plant something. He never did. When he was asked why he did this, Fred replied, I'm keeping it for something special. So, a mystery already surrounding Fred's allotment. Lots of young women are reported missing in Glasgow each year. <coughs> but at least four young girls disappeared at the time Fred lived in the city. And that, and their disappearances fitted Fred's modus operandum, sort of age, type, circumstances. The allotment would have been a perfect burial ground for Fred's victims, but we'll never know if he buried any bodies there, as the allotments were obliterated by thousands of tons of concrete that formed the junction 22 of the M8 motorway where it joins the M27, M M77 to Kilmarnock. So, the, the allotments are no longer there. It's now a motorway. We'll never know. It can't be dug up, so... That's that buggered, basically. In 1965, Fred ran over and killed a three-year-old boy whilst driving his ice cream van. Despite being cleared by the police of, of the death, it was put down as an accident. This prompted Fred to move back to his childhood home of Much Markle near Gloucester. So there's a bit of background. Uh, you know, just a brief overview of yeah. Fred I'll have a look in, and I'll his I'll have a look background. in a minute, see if I can find that serial killer. That was the, uh, the warm-up act, I believe, mm. Ian. Mm. So, you know, I just practice in Glasgow. No, yeah. Went to England for the main main event. Well, he might have been hard. He might have been hard at it in Glasgow. You know, he might have, you know, that might be, might be where he could have committed a few murders, if not many there, but we'll never know. We'll never know because it's so long that's, ago. That's why Westminster is also named after Fred West. <laughs> it I'll is, ask, yes. I'll ask her, Dom. Yeah. Is that um, the wife is going to South South Devon? Um, in Dorset. She approves of that. Oh, right, fair enough. I, I, I thought she. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay then. Um, Dom's, let's Dom's let's go. Let's... No, no, Dom's not drunk enough yet for the proper comedy. The proper. The I'm proper more drunk tonight. Is when, <laughs> is, is when Ian sets it up and Dom's got no idea what he's talking about. I'm working on it. <laughs> I got I got pissed during the wait for the show to start tonight. I was yeah. knocking it back in that period. I was waiting, I was waiting a kg tonight. Yeah. Anyway, okay then. Okay then. I threw all my best content before the jerk off crystals were charged up. I. Uh... There are telling of interesting coincidences, but maybe that'll be another show. That's right. Anyway, okay then. So, uh, let's move on to Rose, anyway. Rose had a similar dysfunctional upbringing to Fred's, sexually abused by her psychotic father, and incest with her brothers. Rose met Fred in 1969. Incest, what, like a wasp? You know, incest. Yeah, that's right. Incest. So, um, yeah, Fred... Fro 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 Rose met Fred in That's 69. Yeah. <laughs> 1969, shortly after her 15th birthday. Fred was 27 at the time, so Edo. Yeah. They got married in 1972 and embarked on a life together of murder and rape. 
It's unknown how many murders Fred and Rose committed, and we will never know. Fred was convicted of 12 murders, and Rose was implicated in 10 of these. So, it's these murders that we're mainly going to focus on tonight, the ones that we know original, about. The original plan for him was Fred to cop to, cop to the lot, weren't it? But some of them it was, were, yes. Some uh, that was physically impossible for Fred to have done, because he was... Uh, sure. the farm, wasn't he? We're going to cover that, but... Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay then, so that's what we're going to look at. So between December 1965 and January 1967, eight violent sexual assaults were committed in the Gloucester area by a man fitting Fred's description. These include a girl in Cheltenham who was struck on the head when walking near her home, a 15-year-old who was grabbed in Gloucester, and a nurse who had her jaw broken in an attack and was kicked in the cunt. Also, a 15-year-old like boy. You. Yeah. That's right. So, also, a 15-year-old boy named Robin Holt died in a bizarre circumstances during this period. Fred became friendly with Robin at the Engate factory plant in Gloucester. The factory built farm machinery and had a large order in 1967, which meant a number of extra men, including Fred, were hired as casual labourers. Robin was also hired to work at the plant. On the 20th of February 1967, Robin failed to return to his home on the outskirts of Gloucester. The next day, he was seen in Fred's home village of Much Markle. Nine days later, Robin's body would, had been discovered, hanged, in a disused cowshed near his home. In the shed, pornographic magazines had been found, and nooses had been drawn on the necks of the models. The verdict of the inquest was that the boy had committed suicide. In 1994, however, police working on the West case became interested in Robin's death, but could not establish a definitive link. So, yeah, so, you know, people were dying around Fred, though he wasn't, you know, it couldn't be established exactly, you know, that he did it. Peculiar, but, uh, you know, he's close to death and people he knew were dying. Anyway... Okay, let's move on and look at murders themselves. <clears throat> Anna McFall, and let's uh, let's go into the first picture there, if you can, Hemi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just show the first victim. <clears throat> it was at this time that Fred was living in a caravan at the Timberlands Caravan Park in Brockwood, Gloucester. Also living in the caravan was Fred's wife, Rena, their daughter, Anne Marie Three. Rena's other daughter, Charmaine, and two other women, Isa McNeil and Anna McFall. The two additional women had come from Glasgow to seek work, so... As we can imagine, it was quite a squeeze, with four adults and three children living in a caravan. Fred exhibited dominance and control over, the other three, over all three women, and he was prone to violent mood swings. Rena and McFaw typically bore the brunt of his fury and would also and he would also physically attack and sexually abuse his daughter Charmaine. He also encouraged Rena to go on the game to supplement his meager income. So Yeah, so it's a bit of a bit of a messed up caravan going on there. Due to Fred's domestic abuse and increasing 
increasingly sexual demands, Rena moved back to Glasgow. She couldn't handle it, taking McNeil with her. This left Anna McFall, Fred, and the three children living in the caravan. Fred and Anne then had an affair. She was 16 at the time and eventually got pregnant with Fred's child. Fred was eight years his senior. So, in America, these people would be referred to as trailer trash. So, during her time together with Fred, Anne would write to her mother in Glasgow saying that she and Fred had moved out of the caravan into a beautiful house and they planned to marry. This was bullshit. They were struggling to make ends meet and were still living in the caravan. Anne wanted Fred to divorce Rena so that she could marry him. This is not what Fred wanted, and he did not want Rena to find out that Han was having his child. Rena would still visit Fred to see the children, and she moved back to Gloucester. Stress of this had become insupportable for Fred, and uh, he reached crisis point as Anne's pregnancy enters its final weeks. Fred probably decided he simply could not allow Anne to have the child. It would give her too strong a claim over him and would cause problems with Rena. Plus, he could not afford to support another baby. Anne McFall was last seen in July 1967. So, yes. During police interviews in 1994, Fred denied he had murdered Anne, even though he knew where she was buried. Her skeletal remains were found along with the remains of her unborn child in a field in Kempley, near Fred's home village of Muchmarkle. Fred suggested that Rena and another person had killed her. However, private conversations that Fred had does suggest that he killed her. It is not known for certain where Fred committed the crime, but he later told a prison visitor that he had killed her in a caravan stabbing her to death after an argument. When Anne's remains were discovered all those years later, a length of dressing gown type cord was found wrapped around the wrists, suggesting that there may have been a sexual element to her death. Perhaps Fred and Anne had been indulging in some form of bondage before she died. Perhaps he had tied her up so that she, he could take pleasure from torturing her before committing murder. It is possible that Fred even got carried away as he performed a bizarre sexual act and killed her by accident. Never know. Little of any certainty is known about the death of Anne, although it comes first in the murder career of Fred West. By the time Fred got round to telling police about this murder, he had completely lost his mind, so he wasn't making much sense, and witnesses to this relationship were rare. What is known is that Fred dismembered Anne's corpse. So, yeah, a bit messed up there, isn't it? Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. Okay, then. So, if you've got no questions, what I'm going to do is no, move on. Just give it you... sounds normal, Ian. I love his yeah. life. It's a normal night out for you, is it? Yeah, well, killing not, your not girlfriend. Me. I'm open-minded. I understand that love is love. And uh, yeah. far be it for me to judge, because I'm not a bigot. Yeah. Unlike Lost a police. Mm. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's just look into a bit about this uh, process that Fred would have gone through. To cut up a human body requires a great amount of physical and mental effort. 
dismemberment is not only extraordinary and pleasant, but physically tiring and technically difficult. Body of a pregnant woman would have been head heavy and literally a dead weight. Would have oozed large amounts of blood when Fred started cutting. Everything that Fred was wearing would have been sodden with blood. Human remains would have covered the floor, making it slippery. Blood would have got on the walls. For this reason, Fred would have had to carry out the dismemberment in a place where he would not have been disturbed, perhaps his own caravan. Fred would have needed several different cutting tools and would have needed facilities to wash himself, clear up the mess and change his clothes. It would have taken at least half an hour to cut the body up, probably longer. Fred had worked in an abattoir in his younger life on a farm, so he would have learned how to cut up meat and applied these skills to the dissection Glasgow, of his victims. He, uh, he worked as an ice cream van, uh, van driver in Glasgow. He worked in an abattoir as well, did he? Yeah, apparently in uh, in Glasgow or something, or he was mates. Uh, yeah. So, uh, was it uh, Glasgow-born screenwriter Paul Pender publicly urged police to reopen the Henry Feeney case? He'd received mm -hmm. a tip-off from a man, man who worked in a Glasgow abattoir with Rena Costello. Oh, with Rena. Rena worked in an abattoir. She ended up getting a, getting a taste of her own medicine. Yeah. So what, Fred didn't... Fred did it, Fred know this guy who worked in the abattoir in Glasgow? Oh, he would. Yeah, when Fred would visit the... So Pender said at the time, when Fred would visit the abattoir, he would apparently ask lots of questions about how to use all the bits of the carcass and was fascinated by the dismemberment process. Hmm. Eerie. Yeah. Fred said that he cut up his victims to make it easier to bury them. Are he you, explained. Have you, talked, have you talked about when he ran over the kids yet? Or I we discussed that last time. I mentioned it briefly when you were in the toilet. So. Oh, uh, right. So, so yeah. Pender believes West lured the boy using a small ball, which he then claimed was stuck under a hedge behind the van. When the child went to retrieve mm. it, West reversed over him at high speed. Whoops. I wouldn't put it past him, though the that that death was put down as an accident by police, so he wasn't committed, and it's not clear. I'm trying to find the link with this other serial killer, I just can't bloody find it because I saw it on a on a documentary. It was one of the documentaries. It was like the possible victims of Fred West, one of those. Types of yeah, I wish they'd come up with. Um, it'd be good if we could get more information on the possible victims. But, um, yeah, but uh, just to tie up this section, so Fred said he cut up his victims to make them, make them easier to bury. He explained that he only needed to dig a relatively small hole to bury a dismembered body, whereas an intact corpse would require a coffin-length-sized hole, which uh, would require much more uh, effort to dig. Yeah, um, obviously there's more... There's more uh, you, victims, aren't about, there? Have you said about when he left um, Glasgow? Uh, yeah, we covered that, yes. So it so, said, uh, um, yeah. oh, what was it? So it says here, it says, uh, it says the gang attacked the van with knives, razors, bricks and hatchets, <sighs> but but Fred managed to escape. Colin added it was like a scene from a cowboy movie when the bad guy gets a run out of town. Rest was lucky that day to survive. The gang leader said he planned to cut his head off. I didn't cover that, no, but... Yeah. Uh, we do know that... And then, um, and then my favourite quote from the whole thing, unbelievably, Fred West was our ice cream man and had become Fred West the mass murderer. <laughs> <laughs>
the horrible thing is whenever someone says cut your head off, I just think I know somebody else who threatened to cut someone's fucking head off and it just I can't help but think of it and like I shouldn't laugh, but I do laugh. We do laugh. You gotta laugh. But ice cream ice cream van driver was a good job for him, you know, if you or if you're a, a pedo in general, it's a it's ideal, isn't it? That or school caretaker. But yeah. Anyway. Oh, so yeah, so, so it says it, it says Fred and Rose West's eighteen unknown victims as police never doubted there are more. So they do they do think them there are eighteen more, I think. Oh yeah, um, they know there are, but obviously Fred is dead and Rose is banged up, so you know well, they Fred, Fred didn't necessarily know uh, uh, Rose wouldn't know about the murders before Fred was dead unless Fred told her the whole lot, so <laughs> So she says. Oh, yeah, the, yeah the, the did you say that the the, uh, the is um, allotment is now part of the M8 motorway? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right then. Okay, so so let's move on to the next picture there, Hemi. We'll look at the next uh, the next victim in this uh, catalogue of atrocity. He murdered Anne Frank. Yep, <laughs> he murdered Anne Frank herself. So. She put it in her diary. She met a man with a West Country accent, and anyway, okay then. So, do you know that the uh, West Country accent was actually established by Fred West? <laughs> uh, I thought it was established by a pirate. <laughs> Are you telling me Fred West is a real-life Joseph Paxton? Yes. <laughs> in between, Morgan anyway, people, he was inventing, you know, accents, doing this, doing that. Fred, the inspiration for Petrol would go west. Anyway, okay, let's look at um, Charmaine West, which is uh, the next uh, the next murder in this series. So Charmaine West was the daughter of Fred's first wife, Rena. She was not Fred's daughter, and she was eight years old when she was murdered. According to school records, Charmaine went missing on the 15th of June, 1971. At this time, Fred and Rose had started their relationship and were renting a flat together at 25 Midland Road, Gloucester, with three children. Charmaine, Anne-Marie from Fred's first marriage, plus Heather, Fred and Rose's first child, who was a baby at the time. Uh, so they had moved out of the caravan now and they were... We were living in an actual uh, flat, so they'd given up the, the pikey lifestyle. Who actually lives at that address now? It does exist, so I'm sure someone does live there. It wasn't destroyed, <laughs> like <coughs> like 25 Cromwell Street, but um, yeah, I'm sure uh, it's uh, got quite a few um, quite a few tourists coming out looking at that. Anyway. In 1994, Charmaine Skeleton was dug up, dug up in the garden, garden of Midland Road, and uh, this was initially put down as another of Fred's killings. However, a closer look at the date of the killing paints a different picture. In November 1970, Fred was arrested for various petty crimes, like stealing tyres and forging tasks discs and uh, he was sent to prison for 10 months for these. Charmaine disappeared in June 1971. This would mean that when she was murdered Fred would have still been in prison and couldn't have killed her. 
Fred's other daughter, Anne-Marie, stated in court that she came home from school one day at the time. Fred was away in prison. Shemaine was no longer there. Rose told her that she had gone to live with her mother, Rena, and Charmaine was never seen again. So, this could only mean Rose had killed Charmaine, because obviously Fred wasn't there, was he? So, uh... So, yeah. Rose had always denied the killing to anyone. Uh, she was clearly lying. At the time, Rose was 17, and with Fred being in prison, she had to look after three young children by herself in a small flat. The kids were probably playing up, and with Rose having a short fuse and not being right in the head, she probably battered or stabbed Charmaine to death. Neighbours and family of Fred and Rose said that Rose was too heavy-handed when dealing with the kids. Charmaine was a disruptive child and no doubt suffered more at the hands of Rose than the other children did. Neighbours said that they once saw Charmaine stood on a chair in the kitchen with her hands tied whilst Rose hit her with a large wooden spoon. Records at Gloucester Royal Hospital show that Rose took Charmaine to casualty on the evening of the 28th of March 1971 with an ugly puncture wound to her left ankle. It was recorded as an injury sustained at Midland Road, though it was more likely Rose did it. In letters from Rose to Fred in prison at this time, Rose says how she was getting pissed off with the children and how she had to treat them rough, especially Charmaine. Yeah. Fred was released from prison on the 24th of June, 1971. No doubt the first thing that Rose told Fred would have been that she murdered Charmaine. She wasn't Fred's biological daughter, so she was probably not bothered. So he probably wasn't that bothered about it and he didn't like Charmaine much anyway. Rose kept Charmaine's body in the coal cellar of Midland Road and Fred buried the body in the backyard of the property upon his return home. In 1994, Fred said he could not bring himself to dismember the body as she was young and pure. At this stage, both Fred and Rose had now committed murders. So there you go. Pretty fucked up, eh? You ever, you ever heard of David and Pauline Williams? They were friends of uh, Fred West, who were, who were paedophiles. Uh, in mm. 2016, they were targeting, targeted in possible murder inquiry. And related to the case. Mm. Well, they, they were involved, Fred and Rose were involved with other people in sort of swingers circles and dogging and shit, but I don't know, uh, there's not too much... Uh, what are they... Um, they been convicted of anything these two uh well they were on um all i found was um just they were targeted in a ple in a possible murder inquiry but uh mm. these was yeah. speaking at the time of their sentencing detective constable constable debbie dow said david and pauline williams carried out a string of sickening and callous sexual attacks on children and teenagers without remorse over a 15 year period Oh, okay. during, during the Williams trial, the couple boasted of their friendship with the infamous serial killers Fred and Rose West. 
Throughout the 80s and 90s, the West reportedly drank at the Prince Albert, a Gloucester pub run by David Williams. That's ironic, isn't it? It's a, called the Prince Albert, which is also, isn't that a ring? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a peer? That's serious, isn't it? Yeah. Which is the thing with Prince Albert <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on who would get to found, like... Uh, the West Country accent, and so yeah, to get a Prince Albert piercing and lost to Fred West. <laughs> uh, Albert. Yeah. Anyway, so as you can see there, the the victims were now mounting up. So um, if no one's got any questions, we we'll go over to Dom, who's going to tell us more about the murders of Fred and Rose West. Okay. Uh, we'll... The next victim is Catherine Costello. Come on down. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, if we can put the picture up of that one, please. Oh, is that Re that's Rena, isn't it? Uh, she got yeah. That was a nickname. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her birth name was Catherine, but you know, people called her. Sorry. Like calling. I knew the the picture was Rena. <laughs> Some people call, people are called Richard. If you're called Richards, people call you Dick, don't they? So. Yeah. I'll clear this up, right. November 1962, Fred married his first wife, Scottish woman Catherine Costello. That was a bit of a Serena. Wife, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's weird, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> previously mentioned, they lived together in Glasgow where Fred worked as an ice cream van driver moved to Gloucester and lived in various caravan parks and then Rena left Fred in 1969. Rena was last heard of in 1971. She was 27 years old. It is believed that Fred murdered her in August of that year. In August of 1971, Rena came looking for her daughter Charmaine, unaware that she had been murdered. Went to Fred's family home of Moorcourt Cottage in Much Markle to ask Fred's family if they knew of Charmaine's whereabouts. He did not, but she was able to meet with Fred, agreed to take her to see Charmaine, and she got into his car. Firstly, Fred took her to a pub, got her completely hammered. Fred got her back to his car, he strangled her, was totally pissed so she couldn't put up much of a fight. This action firstly solved the problem of getting rid of Rena, who was drawing attention to the missing Charmaine. Secondly, it satisfied his hunger for sadistic sexual acts. Cool. Um, wait there. Have you seen oh. Charmaine? Alaska. 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 <laughs> She's in Alaska, in, the, what, in Canada. Oh, right. All right. I'll ask her. Right, anyway. Endorse it in Alaska. Okay. Um, I hope Damien's satisfied now. Anyway, Fred took the body to 25 Midland Road to dismember it. Must have made a hell of a mess and he put the body parts into <laughs> into bags and put the bags in a car. He then drove towards Much Markle late at night and buried the body in letterbox field. 
Fred confessed his murders in 1994, he named one victim as Risa, <laughs> as Rena Dorset. Yes, her remains were discovered in Letterbox Field. Watch Michael later that oh, year. Off, oh, hold on, off license says what was Fred in jail for previously? Wasn't one of them? It was car tax fraud, was it? One of them. And tyre theft, yeah. So you're stealing tyres yeah, and yeah. stupid crimes, yeah. He also did get his 13-year-old sister pregnant, which is a worse crime than tyre theft. But he didn't <laughs> yeah, get yeah. he didn't go to jail for that. He got away <laughs> with that. So sums up the legal system, doesn't it? Anyway, so uh, Rena was registered as a missing person. There was an appeal to find her after her disappearance. We can have a look at the missing person poster that was circulated. Yeah, let's do the picture, please. There's a big clue in the in the poster. Let's have a look at the poster, and we'll see. So Rena is missing, and you, the missing person's poster was sick. Without blonde, she looks like an albino. Oh, I wonder where Rena could be. Who got rid of Rena? Missing, can you? Well, he looks quite clean cut there, doesn't he, uh, Fred? He was a good-looking man in his younger days. Yeah. So yeah. So. Uh, um. Basically, telling you who did it. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. January nineteen seventy-two. Fred and Rose got married. The happy couple will then plan to move from their Midland Road flat into a bigger property. The house needed to be large enough for them to bring up their family and also needed space for Rose to work as a prostitute. It soon found the perfect property, 25 Comrade Street, a story semi-detached property with a cellar. There's enough space for the family, plus Rose could bring customers there she was on the game, plus they could rent rooms to lodgers to help with household expenses. Shortly after the West moved in, they took in two lodgers, 18-year-old Benjamin Stanerland and 18-year-old Alan Davis. It's not the same one as Q. It was. It's the, it is the, the one that is the, it is the same Alan Davis with curly hair. He lived with the West. <laughs> He's the QI and Jonathan Creek. It's that guy. So on the evening that the two guys moved in, Fred and Rose took them out for a drink. Openly talked to them about sex all evening. When they returned to the house that evening, Rose had sex with both of them. Didn't mind. More than likely pleasured himself whilst watching. Yeah, gross. Um, Benjamin Stanland, has, he recently committed suicide, so obviously something uh, he... Uh... He no doubt had flashbacks of that night and it was too much for him. So it just shows you what sort of woman Rose was. Up for anything. And so, yeah, the next victim is Caroline Owens. If you could get to the next picture, please. Yeah. Oh, he, liked, he, liked, he liked a bird with a dodgy hairdo, didn't he? It was the seventies, though, isn't it? Everyone had dodgy hairdos. 
no doubt yeah. if his victim if his victims if he if he he committed his crimes mainly in the eighties, he would probably be partial to a mullet, wouldn't he? But, uh, <laughs> or a poodle perm. That should be like a special um uh forensic um well, dating victims by their their fashion. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, in November 1972, West met 15-year-old Caroline Owens. She said that she had an unhappy home life, was looking for a job and somewhere to live. Then Rose asked Caroline to come and live with them so that she could look after their children. Oh yeah, they had four kids by then. Caroline took them up on their offer and moved into 25 Cromwell Street. A short period of time, it became apparent that Fred was sex mad and talked about sex all the time. One evening, he told Caroline that he carried out uh, medical operations including abortions. This led on to comments about Anna Marie, Fred claiming that his daughter had already lost her virginity. Caroline was astonished to hear this, as Anna Marie was only eight years old at the time asked Fred what he meant. Fred detected disgust in Caroline's response. He said this happened as a result of a cycling accident other than an act carried out by a man. Mm. It's difficult to get your head around this cycling accident, how this could have happened. (laughs) Slipped on the handlebars or something, I'm not sure, but anyway. So over time, Caroline got pissed off with the West. She didn't like Fred and his constant sex talk. Rose kept making lesbian advances to her she wasn't into. Caroline decided to leave the house. But in Lezzas. Nineteen... Lezzas, yeah. <laughs> anyway. 1994 drew Fred's confession to the police. said that after this, he and Rose decided to abduct Caroline. They knew her routine and where she would be after visiting boyfriend of an evening. It also said that this was a test to see if Rose could help to abduct a girl. Anne was put into operation 6th of December 1972. Earlier that day, Caroline was walking in Barton Street, Gloucester. She saw Fred and Rose driving the grey Ford Popular. In retrospect, it appears that they were stalking her. 10.30 that evening, Fred and Rose saw Caroline hitchhiking and pulled up to give her a lift. Caroline accepted the lift and got into the back seat of the car. Bruce then joined her in the back seat to have a girl chat. During the journey, Fred and Rose started talking about sex and Rose started to feel up Caroline, to her objection. Drove to a quiet road and Fred pulled the car over and he turned around on his seat to face Caroline, punched her in the head several times until she was knocked out. Caroline regained consciousness, she found herself still in the back seat of the car, with her hands bound her back with a scarf. Rose was holding her and Fred was winding brown adhesive tape around her head, gagging her. Caroline said, my reaction was terror and panic. I couldn't open my mouth even if I tried. She was forced to breathe through her nose. She was then taken back to 25 Conrail Street taken to an upstairs room where she was tied up, blindfolded and gagged. 
was then sexually assaulted by Fred and Rose and beaten with the buckle end of a belt. Rose performed oral sex on her while Fred had sex with Rose from behind. Rose was carrying out more of the assault than Fred. Rose briefly left the room, leaving Fred and Caroline together. Fred then raped Caroline and begged her not to tell Rose, and he started crying. Then Rose finally exhausted themselves and fell asleep. Caroline then tried to escape through a window, but was unable to do so, as her hands were tied. At about seven in the morning, there was a knock at the front door of the house. It let the visitor in, bringing him to a room quite near to where Caroline was being held. He could hear voices and tried to make a noise to draw the man's attention. Rose placed a pillow over her head to smother her. When the visitor had gone, Fred came back into the room and was angry. He said, I'll keep you in the cellar and let my friends have you. When we finish, we'll kill you and bury you under the paving stones of Gloucester. Hundreds of girls are buried there, he added, and nobody will ever find you. In the morning, Fred said he was sorry for what happened and that it was Rose's idea that they get her. He started crying again and said she had been brought to the house for Rose's pleasure. He asked Caroline if she would forgive them and come back to and work as their nanny. I knew that the only chance she had of survival was to pretend to agree to do this. He helped Fred and Rose clean up the house, played with their children, had three hot baths to get rid of the brown marks left on her face by the masking tape. They all left the house together to go to the laundrette. It was, it was then that Caroline left the couple, telling Rose she would see her tomorrow. Caroline got back to her home in Cinderford, Mother Elizabeth noticed the bruising on her daughter's face. Caroline eventually told her what happened and Elizabeth contacted the police. Detectives went to Cromwell Street and confronted Fred and Rose about the assault. When DC Kevin Price asked if the allegations were true, Rose replied, Don't be fucking stupid. What do you think I am? <laughs> then searched the car and found a button. <laughs> <laughs> Alaska. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've, I've finally found out that Scottish thing. Um, so, right, right, so basically, young schoolgirl of 11, 11 years old, uh, Moira Anderson, went missing. So you've got two other Peter. You've got someone called Alexander Gartshaw, who uh, he so he can so Alexander Gartshaw's daughter thinks that he had something to do with it because he once confessed to her that police had questioned him over 122 sex attacks on children before he left Scotland for Leeds in 1965. So Gartshaw was uh, friends with someone called James Gologley, who lived on the same street in Coatbridge as, as Fred West and Rena. So before he died in Peterhead Prison... Gologly claimed that he, Gartshaw and West had been members of a paedophile ring, although a dossier containing names of senior establishment figures was late, later found to be a hoax. So then he also claimed that he and Gartshaw, he, Gartshaw and another man had been involved in Moira's murder, although the third man was not West, as he was still in England at the time. So there's all sorts of things. So author Howard, Howard Soons, which is the book that you read, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good book. Said West used to boast darkly of having a Scottish connection, 
thought to be a reference to Frenzy who could help him dispose of bomb <clears throat> bodies. He said, chronologically, it's interesting because directly after he comes back to England, we know he starts killing people and cutting their bodies into pieces before burying them. So, yeah. that's, so that's the possible link with um, other people. It's just it was so long ago though. It's so long ago. There's so the people involved are dead, and also the uh, burial sites, if they are, are now covered in concrete, so it will never get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But um, but I do recommend though the book by Howard Seuss is a good book if anyone's interested, and also on YouTube he's put a, he did uh, he recorded a lot of interviews at the time and they're all on youtube so look up his interviews if you're interested oh the 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 fred west actual fred west interviews are, are, are fucked up but they're worth a listen as well if you like yeah. a good laugh but uh but yeah anyway carry on dom <laughs> uh, as, Damien, as damien says it always amazes me how these people find each other especially before the internet must be some debauched places around yeah, it's the way they look, isn't it? They got that look about them. Yeah, yeah. View the nod. Mm, yes. So anyway, to uh, Caroline, he then searched the car and found a button of Caroline's coat. He searched the house and found a partially used roll of masking tape, a collection of pornographic photographs. Then Rose were arrested to press rape charges have meant that Caroline Owens would have had to give evidence in court. She did not want to go through this. It was agreed that the West would be charged with the less offence of assault. 12th of January 1973, the case was heard at Gloucester Magistrates Court. It was 31 years old and used um, and was used to the criminal justice procedure. This was Rose's, Rose's first court appearance. She was 19 and had just found out that she was pregnant again. Both charged with actual bodily harm and indecent assault. Key witnesses to stand against them, the West practically got off with the assault. Fined £25 each for the charge and allowed to walk free. That's hard, is it? It's What's twenty five pounds in today's money? Well, then it's still probably like a grand or something. But it's, well, you know, it's still not that much. It's not bad for practically killing someone, is it? You know, if you try and kill, if you try and murder someone, you expect you know to do a ten or twenty stretch, but twenty five quid. <laughs> yeah, all right. Did, did, <laughs> you, did yeah. you hear about the African girl he, he, he murdered? Alaska. Yeah, you, apparently you can't get it done for blackberrying, though, can you? Uh, <laughs> um, booty, Jamaica, Jamaica, <laughs> Jamaica, Jamaica. Right, anyway, Alaska. go on. <laughs> yeah, Jamaica, Alaska, endorse it. Yeah, we'll get, we'll find anyway. get some more. <laughs> when Caroline heard about the verdict, she was bitterly disappointed and attempted to commit suicide shortly afterwards. Did not die. After the trial, it dawned on Fred and Rose that they had been lucky to get away with this. After abducting and raping Caroline, letting her go was a potentially disastrous decision. They might not be so lucky next time. The next girl would have to be killed. And wow, go back over to Ian with the next girl. Yeah, so uh, Caroline is dead now. She didn't commit suicide, but she uh, she just died of 
natural causes. But yeah, so she got off. She got out alive, one of the few. So um... what the the politicians need to do? We all need to come together and abolish dying by natural causes. Mm. A ban it, ban it, just ban it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, when you have an actual living victim of the West like that, then you know actually what they obviously what's involved, what the things they got up to. And obviously, if you, a dead person, they kill the person as they did with most most of their victims. Then obviously, you can't. Uh, you can't find out from them what was involved, but a good idea of this kind of um, hell that they were put through. All right, let's move on anyway to the next victim. If you go to the next picture there, uh, please, if you could, Hemi, just put the next one up. Picture oh, yeah. number seven. I found, I found some more. So Gartshaw was a bus drive mm. bus driver that used to nonce kids, and um, mm. apparently he was driving the bus that Moira was on. That that young girl that. Uh, Apparently, they were. Oh, right. Anyway, okay, then put the next picture up. We'll look at Linda Goff. This is the next victim of the West. So, go to picture number seven. Look alike. Nice Nanamasuri glasses. uh... I believe they call them problem glasses now. Hmm. After Caroline's after Caroline Owens had left the West, there was a room available for rent at 25 Cromwell Street. Lodger Benjamin Staniland had had started bringing his 16-year-old girlfriend Linda Goff to the house, and she became friendly with Fred and Rose. They suggested that Linda step in and come and live with them to look after the children. In April 1973, Linda moved into Cromwell Street and became involved in a sexual relationship with Fred and didn't, Rose. Didn't they find a body right under the back door? Uh, they found bodies it step, it was a step everywhere. Oh, right, okay. Ah, right. I'll, they find a body in the back door. Alaska. Right, okay. <laughs> and I will, and we'll stop saying that soon. They found almost, a body beyond um, the sofa, didn't they? It was the Irish side and seek champion. Jamaica. Uh, Irish side. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Initially, Linda may have been willing to get involved in Fred and Rose's sex games, but they went too far beyond what she had expected, beyond the abuse that Caroline Owens had suffered. During one such sex session, Linda was gagged, with brown adhesive tape, which was wrapped around her head to stop her from screaming. Oh, this uh, form uh, of gagging. Breaking news: yeah. new evidence has come to light. Uh, it, I thought the woman next door would be distraught. Her husband had suddenly left in the middle of the night, but the next morning she's there. there she was building a new patio, like Fred West. I never promised you a garden, Rose. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Right. Anyway, okay. Okay, so this form of gagging was ex- uh, was an extreme form of sadomasochism, which Fred and Rose found sexually exciting. She was then tied up and tortured to see how much pain she could endure. Linda either died during this sexual torture, or was murdered because Fred and Rose could not afford to let her go after, th- as they had done, uh, to <coughs> as they after what they had done to her, and certainly did not want her to go to. Th- give her the chance to go to the police as they had with Caroline Owens. When Linda was finally dead, the West turned to the job of covering up their crime. 
Fred dismembered the body and disposed of it in an inspection pit that he had in his garage at the rear of the house. So, yeah. Oh, exactly. I'm just having a look through Fred West Patio's Twitter. It's uh, Lee, Someone called Lee Kenny's did, did a tweet. He said, sacking Solskjaer and then putting Carrick in charge. It's like getting rid of Fred West as your babysitter and then letting Rose West take over. <laughs> Club is a fucking shambles from top to bottom. Uh, Carrick won his first game, so dead cat. Bounce. Anyway, dead cat. Bounce. Clean sheet, so and uh, he played Sancho and Van der Beek as well, and uh, that was what Solskjaer wouldn't do. So, yeah, I don't think it was a bad move. But anyway, three weeks later, Linda's mother turned up at twenty-five Cromwell Street and asked Fred and Rose about their daughter's whereabouts. At first, they were reluctant to admit knowing anything about her. Then, Mrs. Goff noticed that Rose was wearing her daughter's slippers. When she pointed this out, Rose admitted that Linda had stayed with them briefly, but had now gone. Mrs. Goff also noticed that some of Linda's clothes were hanging on the West's washing line. Rose said that she, she had left them behind. <coughs> they said that Linda had been looking after Anne-Marie, but uh, hit the child so hard that they had to let her leave. The fate of Linda Goff would not be discovered until 21 years later, when her remains were dug up during the Cromwell Street excavations. So, so Rose would kill, or Fred and Rose would kill the victim. They wouldn't let anything go to waste. I think, oh, they're good slippers she's got. We'll have those and uh, wear them. Oh. You seen that? You seen that? That mean motor, Fred, Ace with spades. <laughs> uh, we can upload that one, but anyway, yeah. keep that one to one side. We'll upload that for the viewers. Anyway, let's just move on to the next victim then. Caroline um, Hooper. To the next picture, if you may. God done it. Picture number eight. Going to overrun nine, but we did, we did, we did start late, so uh, yeah. so I think we're allowed to tonight. On the tenth of November, nineteen seventy-three, fifteen-year-old Caroline Cooper was having a night out with friends in Gloucester. She boarded the number fifteen bus at nine fifteen p.m. that night, and was never seen again. It is not known for sure how she vanished, but her remains were found buried in the cellar at 25 Cromwell Street over 20 years later. No doubt Fred and Rose had offered her a lift uh, on the night that she disappeared. What can be deduced by the condition of her remains was that surgical tape had been wrapped around the girl's head and her limbs were bound with cord. It is likely that she would have been taken to the cellar beneath 25 Conwell Street and suspended from the ceiling, then suffered a series of sadomasochistic perversions at the hands of Fred and Rose. She eventually died, probably suffocating or by suffocation or strangulation, either as a result of what had been done to her or because Fred and Rose could not risk setting her free so uh yeah picking up momentum here picking up hitchhikers um you don't see hitchhikers anymore what happened used to be all the rage didn't it in the 70s yeah 
Team Adam, I, I think they've kind of realised that it's quite linked to murder and serial. That's murder. just. A, I, <laughs> I actually have done it. I the link. We did do I it actually. Picked like, up hitchhikers, and I haven't murdered one yet. <laughs> I've not picked yes, one up, I'm... but. Well, I'm a lorry driver now. I have a quota system. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's all it's part of the job. I, I did hitchhike. Start, I hitchhike drivers. They're allowed twelve murders a year, and uh, moves up to thirty-six with extra training. Yeah. I was in Chippenham in the West Country, and I did hitchhike from Chippenham to London, and um, it would have been around this time. So I was lucky actually to get away with that. But I did get picked up by a guy that worked for the Daily Mail, and he took me all the way to London. So, anyway. I was one of the lucky ones. So, yeah, let's move on to the next picture. What we'll do, we'll look at the next victim, Lucy Partington. Let's go on to the next picture there. Well, you don't know, Ian. He might have written a hit piece about you. Hitchhiker terrorised me all the way back to London. Well, I'll tell you what. He was doing 90 from all the way from the West Country to London. And I could have... Uh, I could have. He was breaking the speed limit all the way. He was but... terrified for his life, that's why. <laughs> well, he was breaking the law. So if he made a if he made a wrong move, I would have I would have grasped him up anyway. Anyway, okay then. So on the twenty seventh of December, nineteen seventy three, twenty one year old university student Lucy Partington went missing near her home in Cheltenham. It is understood that she would have been waiting at a bus stop on the A four three five Trunk Road, which is a route that was used by Fred and Rose when travelling between Gloucester and Bishop's Cleeve. They often visited the, vi the village, especially during the Christmas week, and were probably driving as a family group with their children when they saw Lucy and picked her up. Lucy probably wouldn't have accepted a lift from a lone man, but it was a family. She would have no fear of accepting a lift from them. Interestingly, Ruth Owens, a friend of Lucy's, said that she was f frightened a few years earlier when a man fitting Fred's description tried to lure her oh, is this Lucy into Martin his car. Talk about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her cousin's Martin Amis, the writer. Is he a writer or something? Yeah. I don't know. Martin Amis, the writer, is her cousin. Yeah. Well. Lucy would have gone through a similar ordeal to that of Caroline Owens. Evidence showed that Lucy may have been held captive in the cellar of 25 Cromwell Street for anything up to seven days and be used as a sexual plaything for the West for this period. The evidence for this was that Fred walked into casualty unit of Gloucester Royal Hospital with a serious laceration to his right hand on the morning of the 3rd of January 1974. What had he been doing during the night that could have caused such an injury? Most likely, dismembering Lucy's body. Lucy's remains were discovered under the cellar in 1994. There was also a knife in the grave with her, probably the one that Fred had cut his hand with, without dropping it in after inflicting the wound upon himself. So yeah... You know the timelines add up when you know when you know what happened. There were now remains of two bodies in the cellar of Twenty Five Cromwell Street and a third in the inspection pit at the rear of the house. 
all victims of Fred and Rose's lust. They were still not satisfied. So, yeah. I'm starting to think that this guy's a real knucklehead. Well, yeah, he's, uh, I think yeah, he's more than a knucklehead, isn't he? Who do you think was the driver? Because, the, like, as we know, like, Glasgow... Glasgow, he didn't... He possibly murdered somebody, possibly didn't. Comes down comes down south, meets up with Rose, and then starts fucking murdering like there's no tomorrow. I mean, who, who was the real... It was the real driver of the murders. It does make you wonder. Well, I think uh, the, the general vibe is that Fred has always been fucked up. Yeah. Uh, he had murdered well, before know, he met Rose. Was... Oh, shit, yeah, because he murdered Rena, didn't he? Yeah, he was into murder, you know. He didn't... Yeah. He was sort of... Basically, and that goes back to his father, who basically told him that if you can get away with it, then do it, you know? Yeah. Was the that was the attitude, which is you know if you can if you can get away with it, do it. So yeah, yeah Rose, if you Rose get away is, with murder, Rose do is, it. I don't th I don't think I don't think either of them was the was under the influence of the other word. They're, they're both equally. Well, initially, Fred um, Rose was Rose hadn't murdered. I wouldn't have thought before she would met Fred, but um, regular, regular yeah, she had it in her. She had it in her. Having regular sex um, with your dad doesn't make you a well-rounded person, mm, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Fred, Fred would have, would have, you know, got Rose into murder, and then she probably thought, well, yeah, this is all right. Yeah. And then she became more into murder than he did as time went on. But yeah, so um, is it like one of those things? You know, you know, when you have like a hobby, and then you introduce your missus to it, and then she ruins it. <laughs> and that's what it was. Exactly, and she gets into it more than you are. But uh... yeah. And then you're like, oh, oh, by the way, hold on a minute. This was my hobby. What are you doing? The way this exactly. was all well before Fred got into the whole uh, Spur Baptist Church thing, which he founded, by the way. Westwing <laughs> Baptist Church. <laughs> God hates fags. Did, eh? uh, it's the original idea of the West Wing. Was that was that was that Fred West? Was it that started? <laughs> yep. Here we go. Yeah. Um. Should we go on to his next victim? It, was 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 Fred West in the original lineup of uh, Westlife? Oh uh, yeah, of course he was. Was he the one that got thrown out before before they before they got famous? Yeah, he did that on purpose to protect his uh, <laughs> crimes. <laughs> anyway, Dom, over to you for yes. some more uh, info. The next one was, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, as far as I can see, it's Therese Siegenthaler. Alaska. <laughs> In Westwood, the DJ. Was he turned on by really dodgy glasses? He, he, he seems like a bird, like a bird who's a bit short-sighted, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was thing at the time it was well April 19th that, that reminds me you ever heard the joke about the woman goes to, go, goes to have her eyes checked and it, and, it, and he does the, he does the chart he's he's doing it she, can, you, can you see anything no um, so he, he changed the lenses can you see anything no so he's changed all the lenses tried all the lenses she can't see nothing so exasperated he gets his knob out and sticks it in her face he said, he said can you see that he said yes he said oh I see you're cockeyed uh. 
Anyway, anyway, who's a single single blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Smith. We'll just call it for the purposes of this. We'll call her Smith. Twenty-one-year-old student um, Smith attended a party in South London. The next day, uh, left hitchhiked to Holyhead, North Wales. I believe that's pretty prepared. Yeah. Yes. Um, as you prepared for her journey, he's go. He's going. Ian. He's Are you going, sure? This is going Are you sure road. it this wasn't West? Are you sure it wasn't West Wales? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's going. Uh, he's going. Ian. He's going off the rails, Ian. He's wobbling. That's the idea. <laughs> That's what the viewers like, though, isn't it? That's why they wife, tune in. My wife's and, moving you to know. America, though. Eh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) As she prepared for her journey and warned her about the parrot rules of hitchhiking, but she took no notice, it was on this journey that she would have been picked up by Fred and Rose. In police interviews, Fred referred to her the Dutch girl. She was in fact German. Based. Based for... <laughs> He's not racist, he just don't like Was well, she from West Germany? <laughs> from West Germany. Which was uh, founded by Fred West. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of that one, actually. <laughs> Based Fred, Fred weren't racist, he just didn't like him, did he? Therese was... <laughs> Grace was gagged with a scarf. Her arms and legs were bound with a rope, and she was raped. She cut up the body and cut off her head to make sure she was dead. Pissed all over the ceiling. <laughs> Remains buried in a hole in the cellar, and Fred built a false chimney breast over the grave. Sure, there's a joke in there then- somewhere. <laughs> Did she die of flu? I'll <laughs> uh, <that'll> do. <laughs> well, that's clever, though, isn't it? You know, you would you know yeah. build a chimney over the dead body. That's um, yeah. that's inj- determined. Yeah. yeah. The next one is well, Shirley you can't, Hubbard. You can't say Fred Werner Grafter, can you? <laughs> but, yeah. If if you could do the next picture, this is. Early Hubbard. Oh, blimey, she was young. Yeah. Fred, like uh, on, young. Jailbait. Yeah. On the 14th of November 1974, 15-year-old Shirley Hubbard disappeared. She was last seen at 9.30pm that day getting on the bus in her boyfriend. Oh, hang on. Worcester, because it's in America. Worcester. Not a No, no, it's in England. It's in England, isn't it? So it's Worcester. Anyway, it is not known how how Shirley came into the clutches of the Wests. She was not acquainted with them and had no connection with Cromwell Street. Probably picked up at a bus stop and taken to Cromwell Street. 
she became a toy for Fred and Rose's sexual games. Search for excitement, Fred and Rose would have subjected her to an extreme form of bondage. Wrapped around her head 11 or 12 times, er, sorry, tape around her head 11 or 12 times, tube was inserted into her nose. Once the victim had been tortured and killed, she was cut up and buried in the cellar. Things are now getting out of hand and several people, including children and lodgers, continue to live at 25 Cornwall Street as all this mayhem was going on. Number 25 is in a particularly dark part of the street. It seems odd that no one ever noticed young girls being forcibly bundled into the house without kicking and struggling to get away. Someone saw women's clothes being burnt on the bonfire, as they probably were. Strange items of jewellery appearing in the house. The only complaint by lodgers was of a slight fusty smell of bangings and crashings in the cellar late at night. In retrospect, it is all too clear what those noises were. Hmm. A fusty smell going on then, eh? Hmm. Decomposing bodies stink in the house out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the ultimate giveaway, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure. We, I remember we had a dead cat in the attic once, and that that did uh, that did smell a bit. And uh, but anyway, anyway, okay then. So there you go. Um, let's just move on to the next picture, then, Hemi. I'll uh, take over the controls now. We'll just run over. Basically, the home straight of, of the murders, and uh, go to the next picture, and we we'll look at Yonita Mott, which is the next victim. The 12th of April, 1975, 18-year-old Juanita Mott was hitchhiking on the B4215 road between Muchmargle and Gloucester. Yonita was known to the West, and she had lodged at 25 Cromwell Street in the past. Fred and Rose were familiar with her habits and would have known the places where she would have picked up lifts. They were probably waiting for her and gave her a lift. Back at Cromwell Street, Yonita was gagged and tied with plastic-covered rope, the type used Damien for washing lines. Captain Attics is how these things start. Yeah. That's right. So she was then suspended by the neck from a beam in the cellar using a hangman's noose. This would have restricted Yonita's breathing, which was part of extreme Hanging bondage. Restricts breathing, eh, wouldn't they? Yep. And Fred and Rose Fred and Rose would have found this exciting. And this would have probably led to the victim's death. So yeah. People are into this. I think Michael Hutchins, wasn't it? He was uh, he was doing this yeah, and, in the uh, Sydney David, hotel David, room. David Carradine was into that as well, wasn't he? Mm. Um, found hanging from the door. And However, a couple of conservative politicians. Yeah, an apple in the mouth or something, wasn't it? However, it is possible that Unita was killed by a blow to the back of the head with an implement like a ball-headed hammer. Uh, there was an unusual fracture at the base of the skull suggesting this, but also it could have been done when Fred was dissecting the body. 
head was removed, and the rest of the body was chopped to pieces and buried into a four-foot hole below the cellar floor. So there you go. Getting into a routine now, Fred is. Go on to the next picture. Let's look at the next victim, which is Shirley Ann Robinson. Yeah, go that. Go to the next one there, uh, please, Hemi. Wow, she's a beaut, isn't she? Let's have a look. Hey, I wonder if our mate's going to watch this one. Is that, is that, uh, that one's in colour. 1977, bisexual, 18-year-old Shirley Ann Robinson moved into 25 she Cromwell can't Street. She can't get it, she buys it. The best of both worlds. So... She likes women as, as much as the next fella. If she was a white bear, she'd be bipolar. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, tumbleweeds go by. All right, Alaska then. Back to Alaska, yeah? Yeah, Alaska. Get off that joke. It. We'll find a new joke one day. We've got to endorse it now, have we? I endorse it. That didn't really work, though. It's a bit more complicated, that one. Yeah. I think that one through more. But anyway, okay, so she became friendly with Fred and Rose, and a menage a trois uh, then developed between the three of them, much to the West delight. And eventually be she became pregnant with Fred's child. Ooh. This made Rose jealous, and Shirley was increasingly driving Fred and Rose apart. Baby was due on the 11th of June, 1978, she went for a checkup with her GP on the 2nd of May, 1978. On the 9th of May, 1979, she had some photos taken with a fellow Cromwell Street lodger at, at a Woolworths photo me booth. This was the last time that she was seen alive. That's the that, West murdered Shirley. Uh, yeah, she says fellow lodger. So there's all these people mm. lodging there, and then someone disappeared, and they're like, "Oh, well, they got oh, they're just on a bunk." And that well, it's bedsit land, isn't it? People come and go. You got students staying there. You know, they come there for stories. the gym. Cromwell Street's three stories, isn't it? it? Was three stories? Well, four, including the cellar, but yeah, uh, yeah three stories above ground. Yeah. You know, we've all been there in our youth. Living in these places, living in your bed, sit, getting pissed up, and you know, smoking doobies with your flatmate, and then you know, serial killers' basement. Yeah, <laughs> being late for lectures, in it. Eh? Instead, in the days where going to college was free, and you could have a right laugh. Anyway, not all debt like it is now. But yeah, okay then. So, um, West. The West murdered Shirley before she gave birth to her child, probably strangling her to death. She was a threat to their relationship. Apparently, Whether it was Fred... Or... Yul Brynner's character in Westworld was based on Fred West. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, brother Adam West was, was the best Batman. <laughs> and in fact, not only that, but Westworld itself was a theme park based on what would it be like to be Fred West and murder anyone you want and shag them? And all cowboy movies, which are called westerns, were based on Fred West. Song, Fred West. Fred Sitland. <laughs> oh dear, we're good, aren't we? Was it? Wasn't Fred and the Yellow West? Wasn't, wasn't, 
Daniela Westbrook. Uh, we can get something out. Yeah. West, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Fred, wasn't Fred the original third member of uh, Right Said Fred? Oh. Fred was the founding father of Westlife. I've done that one a bit. I'm not here all night. I'm going to bed <sighs> soon after. The West End of London. There's... Um... Anyway, okay then. Oh, apparently, okay. apparently, Drop Dead Fred started off as a biopic of Fred West, but they they decided they would make it a children's film instead. Anyway, okay, all right. <laughs> anyway, whether it was Fred or Rose who actually throttled Shirley is unknown. The cellar of Twenty Five Cromwell Street was now full of human remains, so Shirley's body was hacked up by Fred and buried in the back garden along with the unborn fetus, as she was eight months pregnant at the time. Shirley's remains showed no evidence that she had endured sexual torture, like many of the other West victims, which suggested that they simply just wanted to get rid of her. I, th I think that suggests Rose then, doesn't it? Rose was probably involved, yeah. The West she, told she, other she lodgers... Was, she was jealous... She was jealous, and it was like it was just a dispatch. So it just seems to me that yeah, I think Rose did fucking... those kind of crimes, didn't she? she did... Knifed her. Yeah. She did the impulsive uh, murders, didn't she? She was into the bondage stuff as well. She liked the uh, you know the torture. The West told other lodgers that Shirley had gone to live with her family back in Germany and probably wasn't coming back. Another one bites the dust. Okay. Another jerk. What did he have against the Germans? Blimey, he was, he was waiting a regular World War Two in in Cromwell Street, wasn't he? <laughs> the amount of Krauts he was he killed more Krauts than uh, Bomber Harris, didn't he? <laughs> anyway, let's go into the next picture and the next victim, Alison Chambers. There she is. Mm. Oh, anyway, Alison Chambers was a troubled teenager from Swansea. In her youth, she was placed in, in Jordan's Brook Children's Home in Gloucester, and it was during this time that she became friendly with Fred and Rose West. From what can be deduced, she moved to 25 Cromwell Street four weeks before her 17th birthday to look after the West's children. She probably began a sexual relationship with Fred and Rose. The sex soon became frightening. One day, the West gagged her with a belt three quarters of an inch wide. Unable to scream, she was raped, tortured, and finally killed, just he's like got, the other he's got girls. The group that, that Fred inspired, stabbing Westwood. That's right. Allison was <laughs> Allison was most certainly dismembered, and Fred buried her in a hole in the garden next to the wall of a recently built bathroom extension. So there you go. That's what uh, you know did he, did he give her was becoming routine by this point. Yep. West, West. I think the moral of that story is never accept a threesome with an older couple. <laughs> <laughs> no, no good deed goes unpunished. I think that's the. Uh... <laughs> Pretty good. Anyway, I'll okay I'll then. Look after your kids. This job seems to get easier every every day. <laughs> so what we'll do then? Um, if anyone has anyone got any more West type jokes or West? 
I'm trying to think of something. I've run out, actually. I haven't quite hit a wall, <laughs> which is unlike me. I can normally come up with these things. But uh, was, it, was the Wild oh. Wild West about, about Fred's teenage years? Uh, we sort of covered that. I mean, I said Western, so it's yeah. sort of like... Yeah. yeah. yeah um, uh, anyway, okay then. If no one's got anything, let's go over to Dom, who's going to tell us about um, the final murder. In the west, west. Uh, of the west, let's Possibly go for it. You there is a picture. There we go. So did just did Fred did Fred and Rose murder all of the chil all of the children that weren't Fred and Roses, or did they murder any of Fred and Roses, or did she just kill all the stepchildren? We were about to find out. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Listen and learn. Okay. Yeah, there's just um Poor. And Rose didn't draw the line at performing extreme sex on young women had abducted and killed. Also sexually and violently abused their own children, subjecting them to a life of misery. May nineteen eighty seven. Eldest child Heather left school and was applying for jobs. It was during this time that Fred and Rose murdered her, during that Heather was telling other people of the abuse she was enduring. They would have been in the house alone with Fred and Rose when an argument broke out between them. It started with Fred trying to rape Heather. Rose later told a neighbour that there had been a hell of a row admitted to strangling Heather to death up and decapitated the body and put the parts in the back, bin bags and stored them in black bags overnight in a dustbin under the stairs and the other West children asked where Heather had gone and Rose told them that she had moved away and work in a holiday camp then it's dug a hole in the. Happen now because they could have said, you know, she's gone to live with Harry Potter. <laughs> she she she'd gone through the station thing. Yeah, but uh, nine and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Anyway, hey. Fred dug a hole in the garden with the assistance of his son Steve saying that he was building a fish pond. A few days later, Steve noticed that the fish pond hole that he'd was his father dig had been filled in. He said that he had changed his mind about the pond. Steve now knows that he unwittingly helped to bury his own sister. Wool was pulled over his eyes. Yep. Yeah. Right, yeah, anyway, in 1992... West were investigated by police over child abuse rumours. West was then charged with child sexual offences. It was three counts of rape, one count of buggery, those of child cruelty, inciting a husband to engage in sex with their daughter. Unfortunately, the trial didn't proceed. The witnesses refused to give evidence at the last minute and the case was dropped. West walked free. However, the five youngest children out of eight came to care for their own protection. 
authorities were concerned about their eldest daughter, Heather, was missing. The youngest children in care, social workers began to notice that they joked among themselves about Heather being buried in the garden of 25 Cromwell Street. The 24th of February 1994, after further investigations, police turned up at the West House with a search warrant to dig up the garden. Yeah, I, I remember this. I remember this at the. T- I remember the story unfolding <laughs> at the time because I remember. I remember the story distinctly. The one where they said police have started digging in the garden to find uh, missing daughter uh, Heather. I, I, rem- yeah. I remember the. I remember the early reports and then it unfolded. And oh look, we found another one. Oh, and another one. I add no- and another and more. And <laughs> <laughs> more. Weren't it? That's the way it unfolded, weren't it? I was living abroad at the time and. Um... I was on. I I didn't really. I didn't really. I didn't really. wasn't really that aware of it. And then when I remember, I came back about a year afterwards, and uh, my dad. I met my dad for the first time in a while, and he said to me, "Did you hear about that guy in, the, in Gloucester?" <laughs> the first thing he said to me was that. I don't just, know what I, yeah, yeah, I was just doing my A levels at that point. Yeah. Uh, Jim Cook's yeah. in the chat. He says, "Worst lucky dip ever." <laughs> Anyway, okay then. What we'll do? We can pretty much tie it up now. What we'll do? Hang on a minute. I'll just uh, have a swig of the old lager and lime. I got my lime. Well, yeah, shot a lime in the cheaper lagers. Is it is it time for me to to derail this topic of Fred West and all that? Because I think I've got an interesting anecdote unrelated to murder and all that. What we can do, what we'll do, I'll just tie, we'll just tie this up a bit more. Yeah, sure. And then we'll, that's, we'll, because uh, we can overrun to tonight anyway, because uh, Hemi was, um, yeah. Hemi was on the road. So we'll just finish it off. So anyway, as ex- excavations proceeded in the West Gardens, body, body parts began to be discovered. The game was up for the West and Fred had no option other than to admit that he had murdered a number of young women. Initially, he took all the blame, and he said that Rose had not been involved. Rose told police she knew nothing of the murders and was believed in the beginning. As investigations proceeded, it became apparent that Rose was involved, and Fred eventually told police she was involved. On New Year's Day 1995, Fred was discovered dead in his prison cell. Uh, though he was on suicide watch, he managed to hang himself and um, faced with spent... Right, 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 right up there with Jeffrey Epstein. Faced with spending the rest of his life in prison on the nonce's wing, this was the easiest way out for Fred. Rose think- went to court. Was that done? I was going to say, I think Jeffrey Epstein killed Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer killed Fred West. Anyway. Yep. So anyway, Rose went to court and was found guilty on ten of the, for ten of the murders. Uh, she continued to plead her innocence and still denies being involved to this day. Oh, she will die in prison. 25 Cromwell Street no longer exists. As it was demolished in 1996, due to its infamous history. So, um, 
Okay, so pretty much tied it up there. We're going to uh, just cover a few loose ends at the end, though. Let's just quickly look at Fred West's brother, John West. He takes the After boat, Fred West had been arrested, he was sp and was spilling the beans about his and Rose's crimes. He also said that his brother John also slaughtered people. John was subsequently charged. Oh, no. You're not telling me with... the secret ingredient in John West's mackerel sauce yeah, well, is people. Yeah. He was John charged West with the sexual abuse of two minors, including Fred's daughter, Anne-Marie. John, John committed suicide during his trial. So Fred and John and one of their lodgers both committed suicide. Well, Rose also incest. tried to commit suicide. I say incest is a game the whole family can play, don't they? Yeah. All right, then. So, pretty much cover that. So, recent investigations, though. Though all this happened over 25 years ago, the case will not go away. And earlier this year, investigations took place search for more victims of the Wests. So let's just have a quick run through of these whilst we're there. Let's have a look. Mary Bastholm. On the 15th of January 1968, 15 year old Mary Bastholm was seen for the last time at a bus stop in Bristol Road, Gloucester. At the time, Mary had a job at the Popping Cafe in Gloucester. <laughs> which was a cafe frequented by Fred West. Fred was employed to carry out at work in the basement toilet conversion when Mary disappeared. A major part of the conversion was to lay a concrete floor, and Fred had got to know Mary. She had been seen in Fred's car on more than one occasion. So, after Fred's arrest in 1994, he, he admitted that he had killed Mary but he had killed himself before he could give more details about the murder. In 1994, the then-tenant of the cafe reported to police that he had found an exercise book belonging to Mary behind some brickwork in the toilet area of the cafe, so it was looking like, uh, you know, you don't have to be a genius to put two and two together here. It took up to May this year for police to finally carry out investigations at the premises, which is still a cafe. Initial findings were poor, but it was decided to stop the investigation and not completely dig up the, f the floor, which could have been a costly waste of time if no body was discovered. They did, and it wasn't much discovered, so... Excavations that they had already carried out at the cafe had cost fifty-five grand already, taxpayers' money. So, you know, the thing with this is, why didn't they, why didn't they get Baldrick on the job? He would have done it, wouldn't he? The thing is, though, Fred is dead. Rose is in Fred prison. Dead, so, what have they got to gain out of this anyway? You know, yeah, right. Maybe there's a body there. So what? Uh, but spend... did you know? Did you know? Just outside the town of Lavington is, is a village called West Lavington and that was formed when Ed was in Lavington and he had to move just outside to go for a shit. Thus was formed 
Slavington. Um, I'm not sure about that, Alaska. Yeah. Endorse it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, okay. Just go on to the next picture there, Hemi. We'll quickly look at the uh, the last bits of this case. Probably another ten minutes, five, ten minutes. Go to the next picture. Uh, Berkeley yeah. Farm. That's the previous picture. Anyway, it is believed as many as 20 more victims may be buried at an abandoned farm on the outskirts of Berkeley, Gloucester. Here's the farm there. Trevor MacDonald, who's in the picture, visited the site in an ITV documentary earlier this year, and it is a popular um, location for urban explorers. The trustees of the farm were not allowed investigation teams to search the area, meaning that police would have to go there to get legal access to the site. And again, it's a case of, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money to dig for victims, and you're going to pay for that through our taxes. You ain't gonna be able to Does it go to the NHS? Does it go to look for Fred West's victims? Who uh, decide? We don't need any more yeah, to be honest. videos from nurses, do we? At least we've stopped clapping for the NHS. Yeah. Go to the next picture, please, Hemi. Let's, uh, let's, let's pretty clap, much... Uh... Can we clap for the gum clinic, though? Can we clap for the VD clinic? <laughs> What's on the end of the stick, Vic? You wouldn't let it lie. <laughs> you wouldn't let it lie. Anyway... Spin, spin, spin the wheel of justice. Wouldn't think it by its by his comic, comical demeanour, but comedian Vic Reeves is connected to the case. So here we go. There's Vic Reeves on his uh, big night out, of which we all liked. Yeah. All liked as a student. What okay, let's say, go to the next. What do you say when you see a man with a stick, Vic? What's on the end of the stick, Vic? Yeah. Bit like talcum powder and turnip. I thought that was the funniest. I thought that was the funniest. Talcum did, powder he and turnip. He, he hasn't got the light, the chives out, has he? Yeah. Go to the next uh, next picture. Let's have a quick look at this. Here oh, you go. Must have looked like a right puffer back in the day, then. There we go. There. So anyway, in 1979, 20-year-old future comedian Vic Reeves was hitchhiking home from Glass the Glastonbury Festival with a friend when Fred and Rose pulled up and gave them a lift. Reeves said they had long hair in those days which came in useful for getting lifts because I could turn my back and pretend to be a girl. That's, That's how I came thing, to be... Is it? That's not a good thing. Well, it, it's, it's the... It's a double-edged, double-edged sword, isn't it? Really, that's oh, how I came. What if, uh, what if the Ripper had come up behind him? He well, again, is right. You get picked up. A, you get picked up, which is a good thing. B, you get picked up by the Ripper, which is a bad there was, thing. There was a, there was a serial killer that killed a bloke by mistake, wasn't there? Because he thought it was a woman. Mm. Isn't that the son of Sam or something? I can't remember which. Possibly, got, yeah, but anyway. Like a woman from behind, and that's why he got shot. But I can't remember which serial killer it was. They've been caught out with that in the past, but anyway. Anyway, okay, then. This is how I became to be picked up by Fred and Rose West. I was hitching from Glastonbury with a friend on the way back from, from Glastonbury in 1979. Dropped us off as soon as they could. It was only when I saw pictures of them years later that it clicked. 
I realised that we had had a lucky escape. What do you so say there you go. Man that's with a spade, Vic. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yep. Spin the wheel of justice. <laughs> uh, Novelty Island. Anyway, Reeves. The thing is, though, Reeves also claimed to have given Yorkshire Ripper Peter Sutcliffe a cup of tea when he worked in a loading bay in Darlington in the 1970s. Yeah. So there you go. That's that. Did you think Vic may be doing a bit of bullshit in there? How come he's such a serial killer magnet? Surely the police should, like, hire him and then deploy him and then just wait for people to come to him and... What I want to know, what I want to know is, did, did, did Fred say to him, you are a fop, Mr. Reeves? <laughs> <laughs> is that where he got the catchphrase from? Yes. You are a fop, Mr. Reeves. Or a top turn, Mr. West. <laughs> But anyway, okay then. So there we go. That's roughly it. So what we'll do to end on? Send you a clip there, Hemi, from Australian TV. We're going to play that just to finish on, just to, just, you know, it's a bit of a <coughs> a serious topic we've covered tonight. But to end up on a light-hearted clip, good. See what kind of antics people get up to. But yeah, we're roughly there. So hopefully that. Finishes off what we started in September 2020. Yeah. Oh, Vic Reeves is nonce. Okay. No. I I have I have been following close attention to everything that's just been said. We can tell. Her. Sat on, I sat next to Bob Mortimer on a plane some years ago, and it was easy jet as well. I thought. He was on that show with the Welsh guy who's not very fun, Rob Ryder. And they're doing this thing of um, telling the truck lies or the truth. And Bob Mortimer came up with the story that I perform dentistry on myself and I use my son's gaming chair. I pull up on the table and I lean back. And the way he was describing so was so incredulous. Like, oh, I heard the dentist say to the nurse, Fuji 9. So I looked up Fuji 9 and found, yeah, it's a dental. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then they found it was the <coughs> truth. Bob Mortimer performs dentistry on himself. It's all that one, yeah. No one well, the Welsh, the Welsh guy is not very funny. What, what me? Rob Brydon, you're not oh, Rob right. Brydon. <laughs> oh, un unless you're Rob Brydon. Yeah, I'm the Welsh guy who is funny. You just said right. nobody heard any of your anecdote, Hobbit, because I was playing that clip. All right. Oh, fair enough. It wasn't very funny. Bob Mortimer does dentistry on himself. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's so, good. There you go. But, that's... but just think, if Fred West had murdered Vic Reeves, we wouldn't have to put up with that awful Randall and Hopkirk disease that him and, Rob, him and Bob did. Oh, no. Yeah. Why do they have to recreate everything? Why can't they just go uh, away and never come but back? But then, if he murdered Vic Reeves, you wouldn't have had Big Night Out, would we? Which was brilliant. Yeah, and we yeah, wouldn't I have had... We uh, wouldn't have had the the, the yeah the smell of Reeves and Mortimer, which yeah, was good. And then they started to lose it a bit with Bang Bang. Oh, Vic, yeah. Oh, Vic, if Fred had killed Vic, then we would have never had the Master uh, Chef thing, you know, where he's floating oh, yeah, exactly, around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was oh, horrible. Vic. That gave me nice bacon. <laughs> oh, Gregory, what's, what's the gorgeous Sandy-coloured Labrador? Is that Gregory something? Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Horacy the consumer monkey. Yeah. Um, the, um, you know what? Between the, Vic the, um, and Fred West, I think the jury's still out on who the true monster is. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway. Oh, we, we we haven't done we haven't done Rose the prison years yet, have we? We haven't. No. He dug it. She dug it up with Myra Hindley. Yeah. Could be a Netflix show if it's not. No, I don't think we need to do. It. We need to talk in depth about Rose lezzing off with Myra Hindley. Isn't that Prisoner Cell Block H? Yeah. They actually. Uh, did you know they remade Prisoner Cell Block H? It was called Wentworth. But why? Oh yeah, no, I I did see a bit of it. It was it was not very good. Yeah, you could have instead of celebrity death match, you could have um, criminal les off. Like you oh. said, like oh, oh, what Myra Hindley <laughs> versus Gislaine Maxwell, <laughs> uh, Rose West versus that. What's that one from Peterborough? I've forgotten her name. Maria Abramovic. Or Brand. Who's, who's the one with the Pete? The the one with the bit where she where the pictures usually are licking that knife. I can't. Joanna Dennehy. That's the one I was thinking of. Ad Lang. Oh. Uh, is that one in uh, the um, Charlie's Theron played? Oh, um, oh, Imperia Tafriosa. No, the serial killer. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> he killed a lot of people. Uh, Monster was a film. I can't she remember killed, the she name. Killed Mad Max Stone because Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Dead. Didn't yes. You? Any more for any Excellent. More? Are we all done? We all well, done. Well, before we finish oh, up, can I just say... Short. We've only done an hour and 42. Did you want to... Well, I was going to say two, two coincidences what uh, done happened to me. So I'll go with the first one. Now, Ian's already heard this story because in the exclusive, exclusive OnlyFans content... Right, so at a dream, I used to do horse riding and the horse's name was Dodge. I should have changed his name there. But anyway, so horse's name was Dodge. Used to go horse ride. And um, him and I were on the bus. And uh, the bus had to come to a stop because there was an avalanche. And I said, come on, Dodge, you're stronger than I am. Let's go and clear this rubble. Um, I wake up this morning, as I usually do. And I start watching tall videos on YouTube. And it's about a files and... You know, what wears out a file more, going back and forth or going forth and lifting. And the brand of the, the file being tested was Preferred, which is German for horse. And like, of all brand names for a file, why is it called horse when I've just had a dream about horse? The second coincidence is, um, yesterday my car's uh, windscreen got smashed. Thank you, uh, uh, lorry driver, whose reg plate I didn't get uh, hold of. That was good. Um, so I've had to have it off the road until, uh, I can get the windscreen replaced. Now, um, because of that, I said, mum, can you give us a lift into town? She's like, yeah, go on then. Um, so we go in, go into town, get my appointment and then I'm just finished with my appointment. And, uh, this, this woman, she's approaching me and she said, oh, are you so-and-so? And I said, no, my name's Hobbit, internet racist. And she said, Oh, okay. I'm just expecting a customer, and uh, I don't know what he looks like. 
And then I just picked up an accent. I said, you're French? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh. So I started speaking to her in French. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm from the north. I don't think you know it. And she names the town. And then because my mum's there, she just says, oh, well, I was from so-and-so on the other side of the frontier, about five minutes from where you were. She said, oh, really? And they started talking. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just it was a small world. And it was like... If I hadn't decided to go to one place instead of the other, my windscreen wouldn't have been smashed, the car wouldn't have been out of commission, wouldn't have got a lift from a mum, and then this this thing wouldn't have happened. So, you know, funny coincidences. Yeah. Spooky. How about this one then? I'm reading the bits from the the better bits from the sidelines in the latest 14 times. Constable Reuben Kimatai Lee, a Kenyan policeman, woke from a nine-month coma to find he'd been sacked for deserting his post and that a warrant had been issued for his arrest until he awoke and was able to tell medics who he was. Constable Lee's identity was unknown. He had no documents on him when he was involved in a road accident that left him comatose. His family had searched for him for months and had given him up dead. He was discharged from hospital to recuperate at home and the police have agreed to reinstate him. Best up. Yeah. Uh, You're under arrest for deserting duty. Yeah. You better have a damn good explanation as to why. Uh, Researchers have found that bees are attracted to plants laced with caffeine, that the substance makes them more focused, motivated and efficient at gathering nectar. They believe this could help save at-risk bee species and improve crop fertilisation. They're just going to get them hopped up on caffeine instead. Just noticed there's someone in the chat called Sped West. Sped West has been um, has been around for a long while. Yeah, yeah. and and I've got an interesting fact about him because he's the original clone of Fred West. Uh, a study by the tax office doesn't say what country study by the tax office has shown the items companies have claimed on expenses include live lobsters, an adult sized pink tutu, lederhosen, and sex toys a cremation and a tantric workshop, workshop session the accountancy partnership said expenses that occur due to business circumstances are allowable no matter how dubious they may seem eerie Oh fuck! How about this one? Well, while relax, while relaxing on the patio at Sedgefield Country Club in North Carolina, a 57-year-old golfer felt a stinging sensation on the side of his head, but shrugged it off as an insect bite. It was only when fellow golfers pointed out that he was bleeding and picked up a bullet nearby, he realised that what that this had grazed him. No one at the scene remembers hearing a gunshot, and the sheriff's spokesperson. Laurie Pogue said it appears the shooting was accidental, possibly from a bullet fired into the air some distance away. Strange. Have you seen the ghost knocking over the pint? Uh, oh yeah, the I pub. See that one. How about this? You got thing? that one. Here's one for you, in. Scientists have urged Glastonbury festival goers to use on-site toilets rather than urinating in the fields, after research found dangerous levels of MDMA and cocaine in the White Lake River that flows through the festival site. 
Measurements <laughs> both upstream and downstream of the site were taken before, during and after the festival in 2019 and revealed the concentration of drugs in the river quadrupled in the week after the festival. The river is home to rare European eels and scientists fear the effect of the drugs on the fish could derail conservation efforts. Well, I'm, I think more fascinating than that is just like, oh yeah, when the festival was there, the amount of like um, ecstasy uh, increases four times. So you're telling me that when they're gone, it's a quarter of it. So it's not gone whatsoever. It's like, it's just four times as much. So what's going on upstream then? I reckon, down from these festival sites, there'll be a load of MDMA fishmen coming out of the rivers. (laughs) They'll be like, all enlightened and shit. Just put the ghost talking over the pint in Sunderland have a watch let's see that one put it in the uh, chat the general chat whatever on discord see that yeah just sort it out now yeah this is this is a good one and we can decide for ourselves ghost or no ghost I am afraid of no ghost CCTV footage of a ghost knocking over a pint. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Pull screen. Yes, please. Let's have a look now. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I think I missed it. Yeah, we need to play it again. The pint's already over. Let's go again. again. Sam. You played it for her, now play it for me. Here we go. Here's the pint. Here's the pint. What went on there? Oh, oh! <laughs> Do you spill my pint? Let's have another look. Oh. So that was clearly that was squarely resting on on the beer beer mat. It wasn't that it? Was just hanging. Out, it was hanging on the edge. It was a fifty-fifty. It no. It, it, it was all all That's on the, the mat. First angle, which is it all on the mat. Come from the second angle, you can see it's not. It's on the edge. No, of that's the weird. No, it's vanished. I, I want to see it from that other the angle ghost, again. The ghost has stopped me. The ghost has stopped me doing it. Right, let's go again. Right. So there we go. There's that. So we got that there. Right. Here we go. Oh yeah. See it shift, shift forwards. I, I I can't. That does not look like a. That's weird. It gets shoved forward. It shows it. For- it doesn't just tip. Oh, it is on the end of there, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's Very sudden. <laughs> Con job. No, I'm, I'm going to say that was a ghost. Yeah, that was a ghost, yeah. Pulled a ghost. Just put up a caution sign for health and safety. Yeah. Someone in the chat. Con job. I'll say it is spooky. That what's happened to their fucking lips? Botox. Yeah. Um, oh. I think. Let's see. I think there was a Loch Ness photo, uh, video as well. Hang on. Uh, not the one which was faked. We looked at the other time, the other month. There was a new one, I believe, which was caught on the N- Loch Ness uh, webcam. 
Oh, how about this one then? Scientist Dr. Angus Davidson from Nottingham University has finally managed to raise another snail with a left-hand coil to its shell to make with one in his lab and has previously... Oh. His lab has pre previously produced. He had hatched more than 10,000 snails before he found a second anti-clockwise -clock one. Hmm. Left-hand coil snails have difficulty mating with right-hand ones because their genitals are on the wrong side. Hmm. He needs to get himself a girlfriend, doesn't he? Yeah. Police in Georgia in the US are investigating a spate of headless goat carcasses floating down the Catachoochee River. Environmentalist Jason Olseth said, over the past couple of years I've seen more than a couple of couple hundred but never more than 20 to 30 at one given time like we've started to see here lately police have failed to find any leads despite sightings of goat carcasses being dumped from bridges in broad daylight and they haven't been able to pinpoint anyone who might be supplying the goats they believe however the animals are being sacrificed by lo local santeria cultists as they are believed to include goat sacrifice in their rituals hmm Peculiar. Not sure. I, I'm trying to find the Loch Ness um, video, but I can't. I got one of the Blue Peter Garden getting trashed. If you want to watch that, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather see uh, Janet Ellis going. It's very. Uh, what have you? What are you doing, Trevor? Do I'm very disappointed in you. you can watch that. Yeah. She was disgusted. And that pro, what's the program? Jim, when they, Jim, when they humiliated her, and made her apologise for getting pregnant whilst not being married, and that's why she had to leave, leave Blue Peter. The other, the other guy was um, taking cocaine. To uh, the Richard, Richard Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a messed up program. That is. Oh, that was a forty. <laughs> There was a 14 uh, film weekend in Gloucester, apparently. Yeah, it looked quite good, actually. Gloucester, the home of, the home of, Fred, the home of Fred West. Appropriate. Yeah. Um, there was a film. It looks like. The Cooper thing, then. Ian, is that something that floats your boat? Or... What? The DB Cooper. Does that. D.B. Cooper. I'm not familiar with the uh, D.B. Cooper. What's uh... the guy who hijacked the a the airplane and jumped out, and he was dressed like he was in the Matrix. No. Uh, the viewers a bit of info on that. I'm into I'm into Purple but I'm not too. Uh, in in America, in America, he did a heist on a plane and then jumped out, and he was never ever seen again. Neither neither him or the money. I think they found a couple of bills, and that was it. Yeah. That was the last they saw of him. Yeah. It's quite a famous one. There's been a couple of films and stuff about it. Yeah. A couple of people are claimed yeah. to be him as well, I think. Like Spartacus. Yeah, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Shall Spartacus. we have a look? So my wife. Shall we have a look at the Blue Peter Guard and getting trashed? Or got it, you got it. Hang on, we do, we do. I'll stick it in the Discord chat. Oh, Hang Dom on. Dom passed out, has he? He's on the gutter. <laughs> he's, he's in the gutter. He too early, did he? Dom, are you there? 
No, Dom's gone. Literally gone. He's gone. Yeah, dropped out. Can't take the pace. Uh, let's let's see what unexplained pistries have got to say. Uh, mysterious lice captured on mo on camera over UK motorway. Mysterious mice. Uh, mysterious lights. Um, looks like bollocks to me. Looks like looks like a reflection of somebody's. Uh, looks like a reflection of somebody's speedo. What do you think to those lights? Yeah, it looks like a reflection on the glass. Yeah, it looks like a reflection. I think it's nothing special. Yeah, you can see that bit. You see the bit at the top towards the middle. That definitely yeah, looks like on. an instrument panel, doesn't it? be any old shit i put in discord the the, the blue peter garden um the blue peter garden trashing we'll have a quick look at that yeah yeah when janet ellis, it was ja janet ellis is like you've been she's naughty <laughs> vandals broke into the blue peter That's garden that, yeah. and caused rather yeah, a lot of damage and one really cruel thing they did was to pour but fuel oil you. into the fish pond well, we've drained the pond and we've rescued some of the fish, but a few of them have died and the oil itself has caused a lot of damage. The vandals then broke our lovely ornamental urn given to us by Mr. Taylor from Barnet. They then smashed up our sundial and then callously threw it into the pond. Well, if that wasn't enough, they then trampled on the bedding plants as well. Well, we hope to repair the damage and we may even be able to repair the ornamental urn. But it's very sad to think that a few people take such pleasure from harming their fellow human beings and from hurting animals as well. And here are the survivors. It really is an absolute miracle that they have survived. Brian has come along to give us a bit of advice. Brian, what do Killed you think the fish as well. the awful ordeal that they've been through? I think they're looking amazingly well. Well, it's not a pretty did that. Say it was Dennis Wise. People who do this sort of thing must be mentally ill, Janet, wasn't they? I think so. Must Terrible when you come to look at it. Uh, Can you find Janet Ellis apologising for being pregnant? That must be mentally ill. That's a very racist way to talk about the coons. Yeah. What about, I just posted one there, Matt Bianco on Saturday Superstore in 1994. Five star was way better than that. Yeah, five, it's similar sort of thing, basically the same thing, isn't it? Stick Matt Bianco on, let's see what Matt... Five star is my favourite. Like five star, I'm sure you can find that one. Five I'll star. Be, I'll bet you're going to have to listen on stream. Hello, Simon. You're through to Matt Bianco. Hello, Matt Bianco. Oh, hey, <laughs> you're a bunch of wankers. <laughs> you're a bunch of wankers. I'm oh, a bunch of he wankers. Is. Here he is, Elliot Fletcher. Even though the Simon, I'm line one. Elliot Fletcher, that's five star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not always appropriate guests. Stick him on, Elliot Fletcher. Where is Elliot Fletcher today? He's probably an accountant or something. Elliot, what's your question? I'd like to ask five star where they're so fucking crap. They're fucking. Thanks for that. Oh, he's so fucking crap. We're crap as well. We're crap. Yeah. So there you go. I think we're done now, aren't we? Excellent. I don't know where Dom is. I think he's gone. But um, excellent. Good show. Anyway. Anyway. Night all. Night all. Remember, Fred West Patios. Fred Remember, West you're, a bunch, you're a bunch of fucking wankers. Yeah.